back again, back again, back again. Well, actually, this is going to be a first. Um, you know what? I really need to write all this down. Uh, boy left unsaid, left unsaid pod.com. Um, catch me on Twitter. I'm not sure where you're catching this at from the universe, whether it's SoundCloud, YouTube, the website. Uh, I don't know if I'm gonna do put it on Vimeo. I guess I will. I don't know. I guess I'm putting this everywhere. Um, just throwing it out there. Uh, a lot of fans are true detectives. Lots of fans of True Detectives it was a mega hit summer show last year. Matthew McConaughey killed it. So I didn't want to do a review of the first show because I just wanted to catch a feel for it before I started to judge it. Um, and the reason why I wanted to catch a feel for it was because one of the main things that's different between this True Detective last year True Detective which really really I actually think people need to start thinking about it as as their own separate entities I know people are like oh the hit show True Detective season 2 actually True Detective season 2 is like it's own new show you can't compare it to the season 1 the only thing about it is they wanted I Certain things from season one are supposed to be incorporated into season two because of the fans. You get what I'm saying? And if the grit, the way it's shot, the camaraderie between the detectives, the banners, the back and forth, um, you know, it's a certain style that has that you really can't get anywhere else. It was new, it was fresh, it was shockingly surprising it had a certain mystic like mystic quality to it you know what i mean it was kind of esocentric in the way that you know you didn't know where things were coming from the drugs that were involved the moon and the stars the tribal govern religions the deep southern roots and rituals like things were coming all over the place plus the way it was shot in like this 90s kind of 80s retro feel with it was it was it was it was unique and as i said surprising so they said let's see if we can make lightning strike twice and i highly doubt they're capable of doing it because one, the mystical aspect is not there. And with the mystical aspect not being there, it just becomes a regular basic cop show. And that's all I'm getting from these first two episodes. Regular, basic, gritty cop drama. And to tell you the truth, I'm not going to say whether I'm satisfied or not. I'm saying that I'm slightly entertained, but I'm only entertained because I'm hoping more will, more will come from what I'm investing my time in watching. So, um, with that being said, um, hopefully I'm speaking to people who have watched the show already, so we're both on the same level. Um, I'm not really like this guy who says, spoiler, 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 so let's just get down to the real nitty gritty. First of all, we have Vince Vaughn, okay? And it opens up with, I guess this was supposed to be his, uh, dialogue his diatribe his you know 
oh, let me get my autistic thespian on. And you know what, Vince Vaughn, he's known for being a funny guy. And the way the camera was kind of just concentrated on him for like a good, I would have to say, ugh, a good three minutes. We were just staring into his face as he was telling this story to his wife, reminiscing on his childhood. And the whole time I'm listening to the story, you know, I'm trying to get involved. I'm looking at his eyes. I'm trying to see the sincerity. But the only thing I keep saying to myself is, damn, you are an emotional monster. I don't think I've ever met such an emotional, non-scary monster, excuse me, mobster in my life. Actually, that's the thing. I think, you know what? That may not be the thing. They may not want you to think of him as a monster. They may portraying him exactly how they want us to see him he's just a guy who's had a crappy life you know made the best out of it and now is trying to go legit maybe I'm projecting my own ideals on how I feel that mobsters are and the fact that he's not meeting my ideals maybe I'm judging him that way maybe that's just me because usually mobsters are scary they're psychopaths, they're very introverted when it comes to their feelings, they don't like anyone, you know, kind of psychoanalyzing them, this guy is all about, you know, I want to leave a legacy for my kids, I love my wife, I just want to, you know, be the good guy, I want to make good, clean money, and all this other shit, I'm like, sure, if that's what you're selling, I'll go along with it, and, you know, we'll see where it goes. But to tell you the truth, the whole rat nibbling on my fingers, I was locked in the basement for three days and nobody came to save me. And I almost died. Man, break out the window. You get what I'm saying? Beat the door down. You're in the basement. Probably has some tools in there. I'm not really buying this. You know, well, he was six years old. Give me a fucking break. I mean... If I couldn't eat for two days, you know, maybe his strength was gone. I don't know. I, I really wasn't. I mean, I get the attempt, and all I have to say, it was a failed attempt. I saw it as a failed attempt. Other people may appreciate what it was, but for me, Frank's character, I got his name's Frank's on the show. Sometimes I go back and forth between character names and um, the actual real life, real life names, so um, bear with me on that. Um, you know, it's it's in the air for me and Frank. You get what I'm saying? Um, actually, I'm gonna jump around specifically because I want to make this point with Frank since I'm already, you know, badgering him. The other thing that kind of fucked me up with Frank as a character, you know, there's supposed to be four different characters in this show instead of last year they only had two, so everything's kind of chopped up. You know what I mean? They're kind of they're trying to dedicate a little storyline to each detective and Frank being one of the protect, one of the you know main characters. So you know they have to act fast and move fast. And so there was a scene when you know Frank's like, "Oh my God!" You know the dude who died stole my money. So now I'm gonna be a badass and I'm gonna do some mobster shit and I'm gonna let people know, you know. 
whoever killed this dude, I'm, I'm going to get my money back, basically, you know, he's going to huff and puff and blow the house down, I'm like, okay, let's go, Frank, I want to see what you got in the tank, and the next thing you know, tell me why he does the little fender bender and pepper spray to the bookkeeper of the organization that you think may have something to do with stealing your money, really, a broad daylight fender bender, fender bender, and you let your henchmen pepper spray this man. I mean, damn bitches pepper spray dudes who cheat on them. Old ladies have pepper spray when they go to bingo. Your henchmen pepper sprayed the dude to send a message and gave him a couple of kicks in the ribs? Is this what we call... Maybe that's how they do mob shit in California. Maybe I'm a little bit, you know, to New York, you know, to East Coast to, you know, maybe that's how they... I'm, but come on, man. That wasn't... That's not intimidating. I mean, the dude was as confused as we were. What? What? Who are you talking about? What? What? Why is this happening to me? And I'm like, what kind of message is this? And if that's how you send a message, no wonder why he stole your money. Because, Frank, you a straight up bitch. <laughs> you a straight up bitch. Shit, I'll take your five million, too. Fuck out of here, man. I mean, I mean, Frank, his whole, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Luckily, I think one of the saving grace parts of the show is that at least you have three other people and you can decide which one you really want to connect to. Now I'm not going to tell you who I'm connecting with the most. I'll save that for the end. Hopefully I'll remember to do a prediction for next week's episode. But um, yeah, the show moves on, picks up pace. They do the autopsy on the guy who's, who was killed. And, you know, obviously we saw he didn't have any eyes, but when they start talking about how the dude was tortured, I mean, god damn, they blew the dude's nuts off, I mean, fuck, that was shocking, that was shocking, I'm not gonna lie, I'm not gonna lie, I've never seen a man's private parts be blown off, or disembodied, I've never seen that before, and that came out of left field, I was like, holy shit, Things are getting real. There is somebody out there who's a sick motherfucker. And you know what? I hope you guys have a great time catching him. Because it seems like if you don't catch this motherfucker and he catches you first. He or they will do some sick shit to you. So that got me kind of back interested. And as soon as we get kind of back interested, they hit you again with all of this mumbo-jumbo bullshit. And don't get me wrong, I understand that it's a cop show, and maybe... See, this is the thing. I think they're trying too hard. You get what I'm saying? It's like, it's overwhelming and underwhelming at the same time. The overwhelming part is the part trying to figure out what the fuck is going on you got a highway project you got a state attorney oh what are they called um the attorney general excuse me you got a highway project you got a a, a mobster dead who was involved in a highway project for the state and then you got the, the the attorney general investigating the dead mobster because he has connections to the project and the project is connected to 
millions of dollars which is invested to a certain part of California which was basically manipulated and is being you know used as a mask I don't know compound with that makes all this pollution and they basically bill out millions of dollars it's like what and the way they even hit you with it they hit you with all this information within I swear to God a two minute span this is not something that's drawn out over 20 minutes this is bang 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 you got it okay boom let's move on I'm like what the fuck and so I'm like hey look maybe I need to watch the episode three times maybe I just need to pay attention more I don't know it's Sunday it's like nine o'clock at night you know this is supposed to be my like my last hurrah the weekend show and here they are having me feeling like a Detective trying to figure out what the hell is going on. So, I mean, that's the overwhelming aspect of the show. It's kind of trying to keep up. Not to say that I'm a, not that I'm not an intelligent person, but I mean, the show's making you work. So, I'm, but the underwhelming part is the fact that the detectives don't really communicate with each other. You know, The show writers and creators keep telling us that there's this underlying way where everybody's connected. I can't see it. I can see how Ray and Frank, you know, the Colin Farrell character and the Vince Vaughn character are connected. But I can't see how anybody else, any of these other people are connected. And so when they start dulling out, you know, basic responsibilities, you know, basic cop drama, you know, they have jurisdiction issues and who's going to get this and who's going to share what information. So basically all of these different districts are saying, okay, we'll take each one of our guys, we'll put them on a task force and we'll use the task force to figure out who killed this guy and they'll be a part of the uh, attorney's general investigation and then we'll use the attorney's general investigation to basically convey to the public that we're not going to let stuff like this happen and all this political, you know, high level bullshit, fucking politics shit is going on. And I'm like, okay, what the fuck? But basically it's like, listen, they're all working together, but they're not supposed to share information with each other. Okay. I guess I can understand that to a certain degree, but you know, let's see what what type of detectives are they? Are they even good? And so, basically, this was like, you know, basically seeing how they do their jobs. And to be honest with you, I think they're all really good at their jobs in different ways. You get what I'm saying? Um, The unspoken dude is Paul. Because Paul, he's a fucking weirdo. He's like this army reject dude who just wants to be a state trooper riding on his motorcycle up and down the highway. But he has all these dark secrets, which is kind of easy to figure out because they kind of give it away but even when they give it away it's like okay okay let me break down what I believe his secret is okay I believe from the interaction that he's had with his mom and his mom kind of having that thing well you know you always get girls and you know to tell you the truth I was trying to figure out you know his mom was a little overly sexual towards him and then she had the thing where she was probably fucking her boss at work. That's why she probably doesn't have a job. 
anymore. And so, you know, the way his mom was coming on to him and the way she was asking him about past girls and stuff, I was like, what, what, did your mom rape you? Was there some kind of incest thing that went on? And then I figured it out that, um, to tell you the truth, I just think the dude's gay. That's my, that's my take on it. He's, I just think he's gay. You know what I mean? The messed up child home. I think he was, I think that was even a trailer that he ran. You know, the girlfriend breakup, which was odd because, I mean, you have this beautiful woman, which at first I thought she was a goddamn prostitute the way he was treating her. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, the girlfriend breakup. And, 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 and I know you guys saw when he um, was in the bathroom last time and he popped a pill. And it was obviously a blue pill because the dude had to take Viagra to fuck his own girlfriend. So I kind of was like, does this dude have like a rush child, dis- erectile dysfunction problems? Does he have a mangled penis? Is, I don't know, does he just have this thing where he's so fucked up but he wants to prove he's a man and macho so he just goes around fucking prostitutes? But I guess that's his girlfriend, but he needs to take Viagra to fuck his girlfriend because he spent half an hour in the shower you know, waiting to get hard, and then as we can see, when he was getting his dick sucked, he seemed not to be in it at all, or, or his mind seemed to be someplace else, and so that's what get, put up the red flag to me, sexually, there's something wrong with this individual, other clear red flag, talking about at the bank, dude coming on to him, I, I almost punched him in the face, I was like, the fuck, if a gay dude hits on you, you know, he just hits on you, there's no need to get really violent, but the way he said it was like one of those, quote-unquote, military, macho, jock ways, like, you know, I'm not gonna let a man hit on me, I'm no, I'm no, I'm not gay, and it's just like, really? Most people who think and speak like that are usually the ones who are insecure and questioning their sexuality. So that was like another clear giveaway, nothing really hidden about that. And then, at the end of the scene, at the end of the episode, the dude's on his balcony, observing the things that are going on in Hollywood, because I guess he had to take the investigation to Hollywood, and he's living out of a motel, and he's watching, you know, these actually (laughs) gay fairies, because they're guys dressed in fairy costumes, you know what I'm saying, and then he's looking at male prostitutes on the strip, hopping out of cars, and he's sitting there, like, thinking long, and like, he's thinking long and hard, like, man, I really would like some dick tonight, I don't know, his mind is like something, I'm like, oh, you just have a sexuality complex, okay, and so I think a lot of his backstory is going to be that the military fucked him up, or he was either gay and wanted to live a straight lifestyle, I don't know what this dude, but I feel like he's a good investigator, because he did figure out the bank information, and the bank information, when they actually did all get to, I guess you can say, quote-unquote, together at their headquarters, like this makeshift place that they have, where I guess they all meet and discuss what went on for the day, or what they did, or what they found, you know, and his, his basically, his, his investigation led to a break with them figuring out, you know, that he was depositing money 
for prostitutes, taking out money to pay prostitutes on certain days because of the bank transactions. So with all of that going on, I'm like, you know, cool, okay, we might be getting somewhere, but as soon as they got together, it was like they wanted to scatter away from each other like roaches. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? You know what I mean? I want to see some cop chemistry, you know, something, but obviously they're not going to give it to us this early. So, hey, what can we say? Um, so moving on from that point, you know, that's when I realized that this Anne character is going to be playing a more crucial role because everything that happens with her is a little bit more subtle. And they're breaking it out a little bit by a little bit. And with that one, you really have to use your mind if you're trying to step, stay a step ahead of the show. Because you're looking at the situation, first of all, her father was the leader of a fucking cult. Let's just call it what it is. Now, what type of cult was it? I don't know. Was it, I believe it was one of those hippie, free sex and live, drug-involved cult. Because a lot of her issues seem to be sexually based. From her having her boyfriend freak out because he wanted, she wanted him to do something. Now, what did she want him to do? I can only imagine. But, you know, using my imagination, which is a very... I mean, it's an imagination. Let's just put it that way. And the fact that in her free time, which I don't think is out of the ordinary for a single woman... You know, at home, well, I mean, single guys do it all the time. I mean, you know, she's surfing the web for fucking porn. And the type of porn that she's watching, due to my expert, you know, I mean, you know, I wouldn't call myself a porn expert, but you know, ah, that was some double penetration porn. I'm talking about two dicks, one chick, hardcore, you dig what I'm saying, Porno, and she knew exactly where to go. She had like a whole smorgasbord worth of pussy that she wanted to look at, and she was just scrolling through, saying, "Tonight I'm in the mood for some DP." Okay, yeah, you know, and the way she could just calmly watch porn, have a have a casual conversation with her coworker all in the same breath, you know what I mean, and especially how fucked up her sister is, you know, the fact that she told her sister, I'd rather you do drugs and be on heroin than do the sexual webcam shit from the first episode, I was like, oh my god, that's some hardcore shit to say, and her sister's like, hey, it's free love, baby, what else do you want, and so I think that there's something going on with that. And I'll, I'll try to piece it all together at the end, what I think my prediction is going on. But, um, yeah, other than that, you know, we finally, finally, finally get our token true detective experience. And the thing about it was the show has so much filler, I didn't even know it was going on when it was happening. It was like halfway through the conversation, I realized... Oh, this is basically, you know, Matthew McConaughey and his partner driving down the highway on the bayou. And this is Ray and Anne basically driving together through the gritty streets of L.A., I suppose that's where they are, in their car, you know, basically having that classic true detective moment where they're both, you know, trying to feel each other out. You know what I mean? And you 
classic funny line when the dude's like, you know, you smoking e-cigarettes, kind of like smoking a robot's dick. I was like, holy fucking shit, he might have a point there. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was just like I was like, oh, I love this is what I love, this is what I want. This is what I want, and they want to give it to you L.A. style, so they're like, okay, we're not going to give it to you Bayou style, we're going to give it to you L.A. style. So I guess that was my, aha, okay, I see they know what they do or what they did well, and they know what we want as viewers, but I think that they don't want to saturate us with the same stuff as they did before because it don't want to be a carbon copy so i can understand that but at the same time i guess when you're comparing something to something else that are so that's so closely you know they're so close together you know what i mean but still want to be so separate you know we're just gonna have to go through the season and see how we come out on the other side but um definitely enjoyed that classic you know true detective moment and, you know, basically, Ann calling Ray out on his bullshit, like, or Ray calling Ann out, you get what I'm saying? It was such it was such a good moment, you didn't know who was playing who until Ray said, hey, look, that was me trying to be transparent and read you, you get what I'm saying? But I want to tell you, from my experience, we're being played, you understand? We're being played. I'm trying to let you know that if we're going to be involved in trying to figure this case out, you know, either we're going to figure it out and find the murderer, or we're just going to walk and run around in circles with our dicks in our hands, just basically, you know, pushing paperwork, because we're being played, and I think that Anne doesn't really know how the political side of this works, or she does know when she's playing stupid. And Ray knows how the political side works because he has the inside because he with with Frank, but he doesn't know how far up it goes because Frank won't tell him. So I think that you know they still have a lot of things to learn and to figure out. It, it depends on if they're going to have that honest, raw relationship with each other. And I know I'm not the only person out there thinking is Ray going to bang Ann. Because Anne seems like she's into some freaky shit. Ray is a real fucked up individual. His life is falling apart. You know what I mean? I mean, damn. You know your life sucks if all you have is this kid who doesn't even like you. And basically, you're one Maury moment away from you and not the father to your life going down the drain. I mean, come on. That's a, that's a fucked up life. And then you got Frank whose life is also fucked up because how do you double mortgage your house and your freaking side business I mean god damn you're the worst oh my god this guy Frank he's man (laughs) yo when he said he double mortgaged his house and the casino I'm like what the fuck he can't even pay off the police right that's how fucked up like frank's life is right now so i think frank is gonna get desperate and i hope he does because i want to see how dark frank can get because he lives in a very nice house i don't give a fuck what about those two water stains paper mache shit you get what i'm saying call the fucking uh gardener and tell him there's a leak on the roof have him fix it paint over it uh, do the drywall, 
get it fixed, but at the same time, you know, you live in a very nice house, and five million doesn't seem like that much for the quality of life that you're living, you know what I mean, so, I think Frank and Ray are going to be going in two separate directions, because Ray seems to be fucked up, because, you know, he's, he's being pulled in two different directions, Frank wants him to do dirty shit, but good shit at the same time, you see, Frank doesn't seem like a bad guy, Frank actually wants Ray to succeed in his career, so Frank can always have an inside man, you know what I mean, Frank's like, hey Ray, I may have a commissioner spot open for you, but at the same time, I don't think Frank has what it takes to get the commissioner out of his position, you know what I mean? You're the one paying him. He's not paying you. You know what I mean? So, I mean, we'll see what happens with that. But Frank's and Ray's relationship, you know, it seems like a, I wouldn't say a brotherly bond. It just seems like two people who are intertwined and have been intertwined for a long time. And we'll see, we'll see how that plays out. So, let me get to what I feel is going on in the show. This is my prediction, right? Okay, so at the end of the show, something really spooky happens. Now, like I said, this season is not supposed to have a mystical aspect. But I noticed, I knew something was going to go down because as soon as he gets to that house where he gets that, where Frank gave him the address from the young girl and they figured out that the dude who got his dick blown off likes young girls because of the his psychiatrist, and the fact that the dude had gonorrhea, but I mean, having gonorrhea doesn't mean that you like fucking underage girls, it just means that, yeah, you like, you're promiscuous, prostitutes, okay, he's rich, whatever, so the psychiatrist said, yeah, the dude, the guy was like a sexual deviant, but it wasn't anything extreme, so, Frank knew exactly where to go to figure out, you know, young prostitutes, guy, rich, money, where do you go for women, Bow, I know the place. Got the address, passed it over to Ray. Ray goes to the address, and as soon as he gets out the car, you see another car across the street. That was the same car that they were carrying the guy who had his eyes bulged out. So when I realized that, I said, okay, well, obviously somebody's watching the house. So when he gets inside of the house, and he sees this contraption that looks like it can hang a body, and he sees the blood on the floor, you know, I don't know if he was trying to be careful and not get fingerprints everywhere, and then he opens the door, and sees this device, I don't even know what the fuck that was, it looked like it could have been a camera, but it also had a, like a, a signal box, so I was like, Something, was it a recording room or was it one of those contraptions where you open it, there's another person on the other end watching a feed so they automatically see who's coming in, you know what I mean? So I'm like, what is that? But before you had a chance to figure out what it was, this motherfucking all black and a crow mask comes up and it looked like he had a black peacock feathers coming. I'm like, what the fuck? I mean, the shit was scary as hell. And he has the shotgun. Obviously, they said that the dude had his testicles blown off with a shotgun. And pop, pop, raised down on the floor. 
And I'm like, what the fuck? Fade to black. The fuck? Did they just kill, like, one of my favorite guys already? I mean, that was that was a close-range shotgun blast. And if anybody knows anything about you, you can su- you can survive a shotgun blast, but also he's a cop. You know what I mean? So, did he have a vest on? Did he not have a vest on? Because it seemed like one shot took him down and the dude stood over him and clearly finished the job. You know what I mean? So, I'm kind of curious on, is Ray alive? Is he not alive? But then also, I had to think back to the fact that, okay, all of these things need to play in. So, this is the way I think it plays in. Stay with me. Okay. You have young lost women, right? And you have the cult aspect of the show. So what do cults do? Cults recruit young, vulnerable women to be a part of their following because they're easy to manipulate. So, if the cult, because you saw when they visited the psychiatrist, the psychiatrist recognized Anne's last name because of her father, who was a famous cult leader in California. So therefore, with the way that she talks about her young experience as a part of the cult, her sexual feelings that she has as an adult may have been learned at a very early age. So therefore, I think that she's aware of the way cult culture plays into, you know, young impressionable minds. So we have that. Then we have the aspect of this guy who likes younger girls. Where are they getting these young girls? They're getting them off the street. Now, are they getting them off the street? Or are they getting these young girls from the street after they've been kicked out of the cult? You get what I'm saying? These young women are coming from some place, and it seems like they're very disposable. Or are they not indisposed? Or are they very trained? You get what I'm saying? There's something going on between those two worlds that's not being portrayed to us. But I want y'all to keep an eye on that. And it's no surprise when he goes to the house where he's like he has a whole separate house just for sexual acts. You get what I'm saying? So if you have a whole house that you go to just to perform sexual acts at and then the people who killed you are watching over the house the people who kill you, were you killed because of the money in the highway project or were you killed because of the young women and the sexual deviant acts that may be related to cult culture? You see what I'm saying? They hinted in the show that his death may have not been related to the um, highway project because this guy was involved in so much shit. So with that being said, I think those two aspects are going to come together and I can't wait for the next episode to see how that plays out because I think that hip-hop's cult culture um, these young impressionable women who may be sex slaves or some type of sexual aspect is being used in this situation whether that was some type of freaky deaky sex house uh, or that guy who was wearing the crow suit is like the protector 
of the uh, young women and the guy who, when he shot his dick off, he was basically like, hey, man, you're taking advantage of this young woman and, you know, you didn't pay enough for it. I don't know. Something happened. It got him killed. My mind is kind of wandering all over the place on those aspects, but that's just one of my predictions on what I think is going on. And so in that aspect, you know, I believe the show is doing its job. It has me thinking. It's giving me good cliffhangers. And so I'm looking forward to the next week. And if I'm looking forward to watching the show next week, then I guess you're doing an okay job. So as I said, you know, I'll, 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 and because it's a true detective show and it has a true detective name and it's on HBO, I'll stick with it. And, um, yeah, comment in the section below, wherever you get in this podcast, whether it's on SoundCloud, YouTube, um, the site, I don't know. I'm posting this basically everywhere. I think it's going to be on iTunes too. But um, yeah, um, start the uh, outro music. And that's it. Uh, Left Unsaid Pod. Uh, find me on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. And uh, yeah, that's that's it. That's a wrap. That's a wrap for the uh, True Detective Podcast. Tune in next week. And uh, you know, I'm just out there sharing my thoughts and feelings with the universe of other True Detective fans. And, you know, I'm, I'm new at this, so any hints, things I can do to get better, things that you like, don't like, put in the comments below. I'm just trying to get good at this. And, uh, you know, it's all for fun, not for money. Holla at your boy. I'm out. Peace.